0: You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hey, hey, we're Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. I'm Veronica Daschle. I'm Elaine Swetman.
1: And I'm Charles
0: Kelso. And we're too busy monkeying around to put anybody down. Welcome back to Monkeying Around and our bonus episode.
1: Our first bonus episode.
0: Yeah, yeah, very exciting. So this week we are talking about some monkeys adjacent stuff. We have Rolling Stones just released a new album, uh, Hack the Diamonds. The Beatles have their very last ever song, Now and Then. And uh, Ringo Starr just put out um, a new album song as well and it's just like the existing 60s are exploding right now it's it's pretty awesome
1: yeah it's a really strange time because like first you had Ringo's EP which originally we were going to talk about tonight as well but I think we got too much so we're gonna maybe we'll do a separate thing about Ringo's EPs at some point but Ringo had an EP where he had a song that was written and produced by Paul McCartney Mm -hmm. and then you had the Rolling Stones uh, had a a critically acclaimed and hit album. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you had Mickey Dolenz, which we're doing a whole Mickey gets his own episode yes, what, about M- Mickey's EP.
2: <laughs>
1: and then the Beatles drop the last ever Beatles song, right? Right around the same time as Mickey's EP. So it's like the bands that we love from the sixties are all of a sudden all over the news, dominating the charts and, I mean, if, if you're a Monkees fan, you know, the Monkees began in the 60s, and the two, like, top bands in the 60s were basically the Rolling Stones and the Beatles, uh, not necessarily in that order. <laughs> but it's just amazing to see them so active. And something we've always done on the show up at this point is, you know, we'll talk about the Monkees. It's a Monkees podcast. But then I always try to do a You May Also Like section where I'll talk about either – a current artist who's doing music in the style or inspired by the 60s or an artist from the 60s who has new material out. But, I mean, this is too big to just yes. do a you may also like for five minutes at the end of a show. <laughs> I mean, this is the Stones and the Beatles back, yeah. you know, at the same time, which is kind of amazing. And so we thought we'd do a separate bonus episode and and talk about now and then and talk about Hackney Diamonds.
0: Yeah. And uh, we are also joined by Derek Miner of Cutout Bin and Mixing Links. Welcome back, Derek.
3: Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me again.
0: Yeah, I feel like you
1: were just here, Derek. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) I'm I'm camped out right
3: outside the door. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: So we want to start with Now and Then? Yeah. Has anybody heard Now and Then? Yes. Yes. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) It's going to be a boring talk. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, now and then it was a strange experience listening to it for me because the demo has been out there in the wild Mm -hmm. for years, decades. I mean, I've I've heard bands do covers of it. I've heard AI versions of it. I've heard a number of versions of the song done by other people. So hearing the legit Beatles version of the song Mm -hmm. is a little bit strange, but also like I love what they did with it.
0: Yeah, I really loved the music video. Mm. That they made with it. Um, because I feel like that made the way that they pulled everything together mm-hmm. um and had clips of all of the Beatles and made it look like John and George were right there performing yeah. with Paul and Ringo. And the way that they were worked in it complemented the song a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. What did you think of the song, Derek? I'm gonna be the wet blanket. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I was very disappointed okay now interesting though you have mentioned like that the demo has been out there and somehow i'd kind of not become so familiar with it and okay. and the, before the monkeys like the Beatles, were my my thing that was yep. like i i was four years old like fell in love with like rocky raccoon oh. and <laughs> i i i like listened to all sorts of weird outtakes and strange things of the Beatles over the years and taking them as what they are. And kind of like, I mean, have you guys listened to what's the, what's the new Mary Jane? (laughs) Those who are not familiar with like, what's the new Mary Jane? It's like one of John's experiments, like, um, revolution nine yeah and, and it's just like he goes what, what a shame mary jane had a pain at the party over and over again yeah <laughs> and then makes lots of weird noises with yoko <laughs> um, <laughs> uh so then so like i was all excited like here's the song i was like getting into it and here it comes and gonna listen to it and uh it starts starts off and i'm like okay 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 but it's 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 kind of, i felt it was kind of like it there wasn't like a lot of substance to it in my opinion and okay. then also i just I, they there's a they, when they come to the chorus I, I seem to be the only one who seems to feel this way but it sounds terrible <laughs> like it, it sounds like people are like groaning or something like it's like something is wrong with with there's no harmonizing they're all just like it's like You've got Ringo and you've got Paul with Paul's current voice, yeah. And I think it just ruins the chorus in my opinion because okay. like, they, their voices sound terrible together
0: in oh, this wow. in this
3: particular track. Okay, what,
0: one of the things that I had first told Chuck because um, I I had been listening to uh, Paul McCartney um, that Philip, oh, I'm forgetting his last name, um, did a, a biography of him and he had oh, also Norman. done one. Of, yes because he also did a biography of John Lennon and um so I'd been listening to that and listening to him talk about their harmonizing and everything and I was listening to this and I was like oh man this is this sounds really great um it was so exciting to hear uh John and Paul harmonizing on a new song
3: mm-hmm.
0: so <laughs> Derek we had the completely opposite reactions that is hilarious it's it's I, I was like is are they actually harmonizing anywhere in the song it seemed like it, they were in the chorus, but maybe that's just me and I don't know enough about harmonizing because I couldn't well no, I couldn't do Arial skills, I could do music theory, but the actual harmonizing I couldn't do. So I don't know. Again,
3: take it with a grain of salt. Yep. I, I have not seen anyone else mention that the it's like it's it's just something weird that like every time I hear the chorus, I'm hearing this like it sounds like I'm like it it sounds like grumbling instead of singing so I'm I'm the only one I think who said this so it it could just be me
1: okay Wow. how about you Elaine
2: I was not familiar with the demo at all I had not ever heard it before so I had no preconceived notions of any of it and when I first heard it the first time I was kind of like okay that's a Beatles song But I wasn't like wowed or blown away. It was like, okay, that's fine. Okay. That's okay. But then I saw the video, Mm -hmm. and the video kind of helped put things into place maybe a little Mm -hmm. more. And also, I read a little bit more about it. Like, I know they tried to do, they tried to redo the song in the 90s when they were doing stuff for Mm -hmm. anthology, and they just couldn't make it work and sound the way they wanted to. And I think George was getting frustrated. And we're just like, we're not going to do this. And so the video has footage of them working on anthology stuff from the 90s. So you see mm-hmm. them in the 60s. You see them minus John in the 90s. And then you see this Paul and Ringo now in the video. And so it kind of puts things into place a little better. And I've listened to it a few more times. And it's growing on me. But mm-hmm. I still don't think it's going to be. It's not my favorite Beatles song. And it won't no. ever be my no, favorite no. No. Song, That's a lot but... of reaction
1: that I've seen from folks online. Not a lot of reaction, but I've seen those folks who are like, "Well, it's not as good as Strawberry Fields Forever. Oh, uh, it's not as good <laughs> as Penny right White.
0: But I, mean, right. I think
1: that any any song that comes out, if you're yeah. holding it up against the best of the Beatles, yeah, and the Beatles right. are, as a matter of fact, the most successful band mm-hmm. of all time.
0: Yeah, and right. if you're
1: looking, if you expect any song to be as good as the best songs by the best or by the most successful band of all time, I think you're setting yourself mm. up for disappointment. Mm-hmm. I've heard folks say it doesn't sound like a Beatles song to them. And my thought was like, I think a lot of folks between 1965 and 1970 had the thought that from every song the Beatles put out, it doesn't sound like a Beatles song to them <laughs> because yeah. what does a Beatles song mean? You know, like, yeah. they, they had right. such an evolution over the course of the, especially the latter half of their mm-hmm. career as the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like it a lot. I, I like that it's very melancholy. At least least Mm -hmm. my first time listening to the song, it sounded very melancholy. It sounded like a finale. Mm -hmm. You know, it sounded Mm -hmm. like sort of wistfully looking back. Yeah. Um, But I mean, you guys have already alluded to the the video. The video recontextualized the song for me and gave me a different feeling about it. So we want to go ahead and just talk and get right into the video.
3: Yeah. I will say I liked the video. Oh, good. I don't know if it changed my opinion of the song, but but right. it, it was a fun video. Yeah.
0: yeah, I cried. Yeah, yeah. The
2: one part that kind of sort of jarred me at first was when all of a sudden, when you see John for the first time, mm-hmm. it's him being really goofy, and I'm like, <laughs> I, 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 it didn't quite to me go with feeling of the song. Yeah. All of a sudden, John's over there doing his little, you know, hand wavy stuff, and then right. I wanted him to be a little more. I don't know.
1: That's one thing I like about the video. because, Well, the first time you see John, he's sort of looking off into the ocean and it fits yeah. what you'd expect of the tone from having heard the song the day before is mm-hmm. like the video starts off as sort of very wistful, very looking back, you get some old like sentimental looking photos and our videos of, you know, of John and the Beatles. And then you see older McCartney and um, Ringo getting into the studio and working on the song. But it, it, to me, it's like, you got these old guys who used to be the the Beatles coming in for the last song. You get them working on the song and thinking back about things, but as the song gets going, suddenly the Beatles are there. Mm-hmm. And it's just like they never left, you know? Suddenly it's young John and young George and young Paul and young Ringo and they're being silly and they're being goofy and they don't care. They're like the Beatles always were. Like the more serious the situation, the more goofy the Beatles would be. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like it that that sort of lifts the song and it turns instead of like a wistful goodbye, it turns into just this fond remembrance mm-hmm. of the Beatles and what they were over the course of that video. And I love that, you know, everyone's sort of somber and playing the violin and everyone's sort of somber and listening to the headphones. And then, you know, like the Beatles are like messing with their drums and John's playing with yeah. his tie. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's like inviting the Beatles to a funeral or, you <laughs> know, like <laughs> they're not going to the, the young Beatles are not going to take the situation seriously. True. I love that they released the, vid- the song first and I had mm-hmm. my opinion of the song from the song. Yeah. And then I got mm-hmm. to have a second experience with it, watching the video. And like I said, that video just, for me, really recontextualized the mm-hmm. song and made me hear it in a different way. Like, it, it doesn't, the song doesn't feel as somber when you have the joy of the Beatles showing up in the studio. And I, I don't know, that, that was my take on it.
0: Yeah, I, I really liked um also seeing some of the background stuff that they had put out there of of how they put all this together and how they put the song mm-hmm. together and how they put the music video together and um, the orchestra that they used did not know that this was a Beatles song.
1: Yeah. They were because every one of them is going to text their friends Yeah, and their friends are going to like <laughs> if you found out that you're working on the last Beatles song you're 100% telling your friends. Yeah. You're telling somebody yeah. who's going to spill the beans. They,
0: knew, they thought it was a Paul McCartney song.
1: <laughs> right. Which is exciting in and of itself yeah. and you might tell yeah. your friends I'm working yeah. on a McCartney track but that's not going to turn into headline news. No. Whereas mm-hmm. if you tell your best friend, Jimmy that you're working on the last Beatles track and he tells his friends and suddenly it's on CNN. Yep. You know? yeah. <laughs> uh, I,
3: I thought, you know, I will give, I'll give them credit for there's some things that, that about the arrangement and the production of the song that do you like that the, I think the strings worked kind of works very well, especially I think the, um, the kind of way that they close out the song uh, with the strings I really liked, um, and I think Paul's tribute to George with the slide guitar in the in Mm -hmm. the instrumental break was Mm -hmm. pretty good. Yeah, I I, you know, and that's the whole section that they kind of invented in the song that didn't exist. Where and and you clearly anyone who knows because will hear because in there immediately, Mm -hmm. but somehow they also worked in here there and everywhere and so uh, one one other song into that, that-
1: yeah they, they had some of their oohs and ahs that were pulled from the old songs mm-hmm. and then there were some elements of the demo that they just cut the yeah. there's a whole section of the demo where john's like i don't want to lose you no no, no. Yeah. but it sounds kind of incomplete and they yeah. just trimmed that which some fans are mad about because oftentimes when you hear a beatles song you hadn't previously heard the demo you know, you hear the final product first, and then you go back to yeah. the demo and not listen to the demo for 20 years and then hear the right final song. You
0: know?
1: <laughs> but so everyone's got opinions. Yeah. I think Peter Jackson did a great job. Yes. And he had said before that he was nervous about it. He's never done a music video before, which I say, you know, not not bad for a first try. Good job.
0: <laughs> I mean, he says he's not done a music video, but I mean, he like re-edited all of that. Yeah, yeah but, that's not a,
1: but that's not a music video, though, where right. you have like three and a half to four minutes to tell the little narrative of the song. Um, I think yeah. he did a great job. You can always tell when he has upscaled '60s footage mm-hmm. because no one has any pores.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the things they do. Is
1: they they do the um the the film grain removal. And yeah. the film grain removal sort of reads your pores. So if you watch Get Back or you watch this, like the they have super smooth skin. The Young Beatles do, which is fine. Which uh, you know, I hate to if no one's ever noticed that. I'm sorry for putting that in your head. <laughs> so now when you watch Get Back, you're gonna be looking for pores. Uh, I,
0: I will not because I will never remember Chuck said that. That's
1: true. The <laughs>
0: he said that before, and I I, 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 I noticed before. I still don't notice.
1: But they did a pretty <laughs> phenomenal job of pulling elements of old footage from very different sources mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. You know, in some cases, colorizing it, in some cases, just Mm -hmm. putting the folks into the scenes. I think it works really well. It's a really pretty fantastic use of the technology.
2: Yeah. There was a picture.
3: There was a shot in there of George against like a a railing or something or a Mm -hmm. fence that I'm not sure where it came from. I must have probably saw it before, but I don't think that they... It, it was really, it was really clear and, and good quality, but I don't think they had to go to the level of like what they did with get back of right. making everything like soft and waxy.
1: Um, yeah. I, I think that is that shot. Of George, <laughs> I think is when he visited New York prior to oh, the Beatles coming to New York. So I think yeah. that's like before the Beatles came to America, it was George visiting New York. I think that's, okay. I think that's where that shot comes from.
3: Okay. okay, it's, it's kind of stands out in that video. It's like really, it's really kind of like interesting. hmm yeah.
0: And if I'm remembering correctly, I know that Pete Best, who was the drummer prior to Ringo, prior to them being the Beatles as we right, know them. Right. Um some of the footage was footage that he had.
1: Yeah, he provided some early footage. Yeah. as well, mm-hmm. which good for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: If if I was him, I would demand every dollar. Yes. <laughs>
3: before I would give
1: anything <laughs> up to the Beatles. I ain't doing any freebies. I don't know if he did it for free, but I I sur- <laughs> I If I was Pete Best, I wouldn't do a freebie for the Beatles for nothing.
3: Well, you know what's weird about Pete Best is that like he, his family is still circled around the Beatles mm. like throughout the years because mm-hmm. Pete's mother married was it Neil Aspinall? Uh,
0: yes, they had a thing going on.
3: Okay. Yes.
0: I don't know. I don't remember if they got married, but they had a thing.
3: <laughs> and like like one of the bits of trivia about like um you know how like in the Paul is dead rumors there's like a patch on his right um uh, one of those patches on uh Paul's uh Sergeant Pepper suit came from Pete Best Mother.
1: <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Well good for him for providing footage. Um I don't know that he gave it for free, but whatever he got oh, no. paid, I'm I'm glad that he agreed to to hand it over and it wasn't just taking his last chance to <laughs> be spiteful or anything like that. I think that's good. But no, I, and I think that it's really smart of the Beatles, or really Paul and Ringo and the Beatles brand to put out a definitive last song of the Beatles mm-hmm. and the and explain to everyone the, the reason it's the last song of the Beatles is because this is the last song that all four of us worked on mm-hmm. because with the advent of AI, I mean, you can go on YouTube right now and every day find one, two or 10 A.I. Beatles songs mm-hmm. and some some of them are crap. Some yeah. of them are just slapping John Lennon's voice on top of Freddie Mercury and it doesn't work. <laughs> no. Now, some there are folks who are doing really interesting, creative things with it mm-hmm. and are, are making some really good things that are really interesting to, to listen to. But, you know, with that technology being what it is now, I think it's it's smart at this point to say, nope, this is the last Beatles song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything you hear coming forward is not the Beatles.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: I think that's I think that's a good thing. And I mean, that's also a good. The last Beatles song is good marketing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And and I know the AI that they used on this was not to create. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it was used to like pick apart the recording mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they had to be to get the pieces, part So then they could put it back together to make the right. song. So it wasn't like they used. AI to have more John singing yeah. or anything like that. It would just used as a tool to be able to remix everything. Right. With, yeah.
1: with the machine audio yeah. learning, the MAL, it's generative mm-hmm. in the sense that it's analyzing the track and it's creating a John track based on the vocal that's there of what information is there. But it's not mm-hmm. in the sense that I think people hear AI and think they just typed in the lyrics and it spat out J- John Lennon singing and that's not how <laughs> right. it works. No. It's right. taking no. his original audio track and I mean, it does create the John Lennon audio, but it's based on the information that's there from his performance on the tape. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not like someone else sang for John and they made it sound like John or anything like mm-hmm. that, that a lot of folks mm-hmm. on YouTube that do. Yeah.
3: yeah. And the other side of this project that it, 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 people talked about it for months and months and months. And, and, and in a way, it kind of seems odd that it coincides, but they decided to expand and reissue the 1962 to 1966 and 1970 1967 to 70 Mm -hmm. red and blue albums Mm right um in completely remixed fashion now the 67 to 70 a majority of it was remixed for the deluxe editions that have already come right and so there are a handful of tracks in there that had to get new mixes but Mm -hmm. the red album including all the extra songs they're going to add to it. The majority of that has to be redone fresh and interest in, in the technology that they use to separate John's voice from John's demo is going to be applied. I mean, it was applied to the revolver remix, Mm -hmm. but you know, we're going to hear all these early Beatles songs and you got the taster. If you listen to love me do Mm
0: -hmm.
3: from the single, it's, it's a stereo version where they have no stereo to they right. had no tape to all they have was a mono. And even with this version of Love me Do, all they ever all they all they ever survived was like a record mm-hmm. for all these years they never had they lost the tape. So they had mm-hmm. to like take a vinyl record and dub that version of Love me do
1: yeah
3: and and now it's been like deconstructed and reassembled into a stereo version, which is not perfect, but pretty darn good. no it's um, it's interesting.
1: I, I I like mono. I like the old mono records, so I'll yeah. still get this. And I still I think it's interesting because you can hear more mm-hmm. in the stereo. You can pay a, a little more attention to different instruments and what they're doing. And I think it's good that it gives one, it gives them more Beatles product to sell. But also, it's mm-hmm. an interesting thing, a new thing for fans to be able to listen to and hear a song that you've known all your life, but hear it in a new way. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: So that the, those red and blue, I think, are due out this week.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, Um, I'm
3: interested to hear hear what. Well, yes, don't know when this is coming out. (laughs) They're due out. They they might already be out by the time they they just came out a few (laughs) days ago,
1: folks.
2: (laughs) I had seen a video on Facebook of Ron McNeil. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The show came out to do his John Lennon bit where he normally sits at the keyboard and sings Imagine, but he started playing now and then and then just the beginning of it and then went into Imagine. And I was like, that was gorgeous and i would listen to that
0: like mm-hmm. over and over again i Absolutely. really like
2: the way that sounded yeah My, that was just...
0: very <laughs> impressive the way he made that switch seamlessly it was perfect yeah. it was good and it fits yeah. because yeah. yeah
1: that song also came out of john lennon sitting in his piano mm-hmm. so it makes mm-hmm. sense to do that and do imagine and there's yeah. some, yeah. some really good bands that have done their own versions of uh now and then and a few of them came out they released it before the Beatles version, so they can go ahead and yeah. get it out there. Just want to give a shout-out to Apple Jam and Super 8, and then this guy named Dreamer Jazz on YouTube who did – I was going to bring that up! Yes, he did a an <laughs> early 60s Beatles version, but all three of those. If you look up Dreamer Jazz on YouTube or um, Apple Jam, which is on Spotify or Bandcamp, I think, and then Super 8 on Bandcamp – they all have some really interesting interpretations. My favorite of three is Apple Jam.
3: I'll have to check that out.
1: Check them out because there are some cool versions of Now and Then. I love that. I mean, this song is going to continue to inspire creativity, either by people who love it or people who hate it, whatever the case may be. It'll inspire people to be creative and to create, and that's something that the Beatles have always done, and it'll continue to do.
3: Yeah,
2: that's
3: true. We're going to take an intermission. We'll be back in a few minutes. Don't go away. Don't change
1: that
0: channel. What he means to say is we'll be right back after the commercial.
1: We are the Cigar Nerds, bringing nerdy sophistication and geeky indulgence on all topics, including movies, video games, science, and pop culture news, all from the Nerd Cave Cigar Lounge. Find us on iTunes, Stitchers, Google Play, and wherever fine podcasts are found, including esonetwork.com and CigarNerdPodcast.com.
3: So fire up a cigar, it's time to get nerdy. Hey, hey everyone, this is Monkey from the YouTube channel Cutout Bin, and I need your help. In 1967, the Monkeys won control of their musical destiny, but did you know they replaced some of the songs in their show with newer ones as well? And in 1969, when the Monkees were swinging over to CBS Saturday mornings, they wanted a more contemporary sound, resulting in more songs being swapped for new ones. Unfortunately, many of these versions were never shown again and are considered lost media. But Monkees fans never give up. We're calling on anyone who may have tape recorded episodes or even collected film prints. We know some of these episodes were seen in the United Kingdom and Japan, they could be in other countries as well. Do you remember any of these songs from episodes of The Monkees?
0: Bye, bye, baby, bye, bye. Don't Keep me in mind Looking for the deep
2: sides, baby Gonna have fun Cause oh, she's a Oklahoma bathroom dancer
3: why her run Well then email us at lostmonkeys at gmail.com That's L-O-S-T-M-O-N-K-E-E-S at gmail.com
0: all right hackney diamonds rolling stones yeah
1: i want to talk about the stones <laughs> yeah <laughs> i feel like i kind of compelled you guys to listen to hackney diamonds so we could talk about it
0: <laughs> oh man okay so i want to hear what you guys think because chuck and i have been talking about this for weeks
1: yeah we've been playing it we put it on a loop there for a while after it came out but yeah and now am i correct in thinking that you two have just recently listened to hackney diamonds uh for the first time in preparation for this podcast
2: <laughs> yes for okay. me that yes. is correct yeah. okay well what did awesome. you think <laughs> I've enjoyed it. I am not a big Rolling Stones fan. That is not Mm -hmm. something I. Sure. Like, my parents didn't listen to it. It was not played in the house. Like, Rolling Stones, I mean, I know they're hits, but what I remembered of the Rolling Stones as a kid was some of the cheesy videos that would come out on MTV with them wearing the sailor outfits. And I'm like, oh, don't don't remember
1: 80s Rolling Stones.
2: (laughs) Well, but that was because I'm an 80s kid and I watched MTV. That was the stone for the longest time was that to me and so i didn't ever go back
1: skip dirty work pick it up, do yourself a and, favor and
2: you know this may be the first time i've ever bought a rolling stones
1: album okay and, and did you like it
2: life. i do like it yes oh, i good. do there are some songs that are not my favorite they're, they're just kind of like eh. sure. okay um but there, there there are more that i like than i don't like okay all yes. right
1: derek are you what blacking in us again
0: <laughs> no
3: no this, okay. is, this, is a fun, this is a fun record okay oh, cool. uh, I, I i did enjoy it and i think that it, it's an interesting balance it's got a little combination of like uh different eras of the stones you know mm-hmm. it, don't hit, they don't really hit on like the stuff that i would consider like like with any band i i notoriously like Make people. I tell people that like for the who I like everything before Tommy. Okay, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> so, so it's like I'm a guy who's like I like I want the I want the mod stuff like yeah. so I really so like, like 60s Stones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like their mid 60s stuff like um yeah. um Get Off My Cloud and Ruby mm-hmm. Tuesday and uh, yeah. stuff like that. But I mean, you know, they, so they they don't quite hit the. They don't quite hit that psychedelic thing here, but they hit a lot of their other stuff. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's stuff in there that's kind of like got a start me up vibe. And Oh yeah, uh, you, you know, so I think uh, it, it's and and from start to end, there's there's not a, there's not a horrible track on this Mm-mm. album. You know, and it's got a lot of charisma.
1: Oh yeah, and for, I mean for the large part of this album what they're really going for is 70 stones that sort of sticky fingers to some girls era 70 stones but there's a lot of stuff on this that really has roots going back to the 60s Mm -hmm. i like 70 stones a lot i really like 60 stones the first one that jumped out at me was the first single that came off this album uh, Mm -hmm. which is angry and Mm -hmm. it doesn't sound particularly 60s-ish but my first thought watching the the video for it was like oh they're kind of doing uh Uh, the satisfaction thing. It's like, you know, it's a riff, it's a chorus. It's, but then listening to it, I was like, it's really very similar subject matter to satisfaction. It's not a a remake of satisfaction, but really, if you know, satisfaction, that was the, the stones first number one in the U S in 65. And I mean, it's what I think the success of that song really, it was really tapping into sort of feeling as a frustration amongst specifically teenage boys, but teenagers generally sexually, and just in general, can't get no satisfaction, you know? And then this song is it's kind of continuing that theme where for an older crowd where mm-hmm. it's why are you angry with me? We haven't made love and I want to know why. It's almost like the the guy from satisfaction is now an adult and in a relationship and still can't get laid. <laughs> 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 but it's something that's, that's but I think the satisfaction works because it was so relatable. It's a song that you just can connect to when you're a teenager. But I think this mm-hmm. works uh very similarly for, for adults. You know, I'm not the same age as the Stones, but I think anyone who's been in a relationship and has has had that at some point has said, are you mad at me?
0: What's wrong? Because <laughs> mm-hmm, you're not getting mm-hmm. from your
1: partner what you're looking for. And I mm-hmm. think that I thought it was very clever to lead off the lead single is sort of they're not replicating satisfaction, but it's sort of replicating what worked about satisfaction for me. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I also really love because the first time I heard it was with the music video. You're right. So um, yeah. I was watching it and it was this hot chick in skimpy clothes sitting on the back of a car um that was dry <laughs> getting driven through la and yeah. just waving around but then all these billboards are the stones from across the ages mm-hmm. um and it looks like they're singing this song and playing <laughs> with this song the right. way that they put everything together and AI I'm sure AI'd it at some point to <laughs> to to change what they were saying or the tempo of what they were playing. But it worked so well. Mm -hmm. It worked so well. Yeah.
1: yeah. I thought it was a cool video. It it sort of avoided having the 80-year-old stones in the video until the Mm -hmm. end. Because, I mean, mixed voice sounds like mixed voice. And the stones, the music sounds like the stones. And so it has Mm -hmm. that timeless feel to it. Like the stones just appeared again. And uh, I think the video worked really well in that respect.
2: Yeah. I haven't seen the video. So I I need to go check that out. You should check it out.
1: It's a fun video. It's, I mean, it's a rock and roll video with uh, a hot chick in a sports car. Yeah, yeah you know it's
2: <laughs> but the fun
3: part is like what veronica was describing with all the the billboards mm-hmm. it's kind of like come to life it's all their all their old album covers and advertisements and they, yep. they they turn into motion and it's like so they've brought all those different eras of the stones into this one video and if and it fits really well you know it's a lot. it is it's kind of fun to see all that mm-hmm. but Absolutely. then you know if you're if you're just like a, a, a young guy, you
1: can watch Sydney, Sweeney
0: on the back of
1: his first card. <laughs> Older guys can too, Derek. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> but no, I and mean, then they follow that single up with "Sweet Sounds of Heaven," mm-hmm. which for me is up there with anything the Stones have ever done. I think it's a fantastic song, and it's smartly placed on the album. Mm-hmm. The album opens with "Angry," and then "Sweet Sounds of Heaven" basically closes the album. You have um, something after that, but. I mean, it's it's really it's really the finale of the album. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think that this should be a Grammy contender. Yeah, I think that they should be performing it at the Grammy. I think the Stones with Lady Gaga and Stevie Wonder should be on the Grammy. Mm -hmm. I think this is that that level of a song.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I remember when we were listening to it on the way back home from Athens Mm -hmm. and I was in the back seat. And so I would just kind of like, you know. Chilling in the vibe, just kind of like chilling. But I do remember when that song came on, I looked around at the console because I was like, okay, what's the name of that one? Because it was like it caught my ear yeah. enough to be like, okay, I want to know the name of that.
1: Song. There right. were a couple.
2: There were a couple songs. There were like two or three songs when we were listening to it that I was like, okay, I need to hear that one again when I get home and I have the TV. Yeah. Um, and that was that would that was one of them. You and did you like it? I did. Yes, I really okay. liked that song. I also like, um, mess it up. I don't know that one. Just mess day. it up.
1: We'll get to mess I it up. Mess it up, <laughs> uh, well, Derek. Before we get to mess it up, what did you think of "Sweet Sounds of Heaven"?
2: Uh,
3: it's not the type of song by the Stones that I usually go for, but I mean, yeah. I definitely can see what the strengths of it and what. Mm-hmm. And 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 by all means, like like you say, uh, having it, like it just screams to have that treatment, like you've talked about, yeah. to have it mm-hmm. done at the Grammys. I mean, it's it is like a su- a worthy successor to something like you can't always get what you want.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I mean, sort of the finale of Let It Bleed was you can't always get what you want, and then I mean, a Beggar's Banquet. Those are the last two '60s albums. Um, Beggar's Banquet had Salt of the Earth, and I mean, though both of those songs, they they're both very sort of gospel inspired big mm-hmm. numbers. And I think it's it's smart to sort of almost resolve this album that way.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But Elaine, you mentioned "Mess It Up," and "Mess It Up" is a song that it's it's really it's not really in the '60s vein. It's really more of like a, a "Miss You" or a "Start Me Up." But like a lot of times, Ron and I'll be riding around in the car, and we'll have the radio sort of turned, sort of half volumes, or talking and stuff. But if Mess It Up comes on, <laughs> it's like, oh, Mess It Up's on, and we'll turn it up. Like, yep. whatever we're talking about can wait till after Mess It Up. That's just a... I love that song. Yes. That's a song that, like, you involuntarily dance to. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I, that, that was one I was like, okay, what's the name of that one? Okay, <laughs> I need to remember that one. I like that one a lot. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. <laughs> I,
3: some of these songs in the middle of the record, I they are fun songs, right. but it's the one thing that seems a little odd to me that it's it's almost like... They're they've got like uh somebody gave them some very contemporary pop styling mm. for a couple of the tracks and mess it okay. up to me is in that group and uh, whole wide world you know okay. they they just they just feel a little more like something like the killers or something right okay you know, more like but but I mean they're good they're fun songs
2: yeah and, no, they, and
3: they do a good job on these songs but there's just something a little bit like it doesn't have like angry doesn't feel like it goes in that direction. It, Mm -hmm. it, you know, it's a little contemporary, but it feels enough like a classic stones song. Um, like the first three tracks on the record are like the highlights for me is like angry, get close, depending on you, I think are the, to me, the best, maybe not the song. Like, like I can totally see where like mess it up would be a fun song to listen to or something. And, but, but, but as far as like, if I was going to like rate songs, just on like the, quality of the tracks i think they put the they put the strongest material up front
1: okay yeah i think mess it up in a whole lot of world to me feel more like some girls to tattoo you like late mm-hmm. 70s era stones i was where they thinking were
0: 80s bringing they a think, little they feel well very tattoo
1: you was technically like 81 and it wasn't um, <laughs> but the song sort of came out of the some girls session so it was sort of like what they were doing in the late 70s where it was a little more disco they were getting mm-hmm. they try to keep up with yeah. the times you know and yeah. i so something like miss you i think wouldn't be far off from mess it up yeah it's just a fun song i mean wherever we're, they're not trying to create a, a historical reenactment of their old stuff but <laughs> no i, I mean I, i'm surprised that hasn't been a single yet because that's like you you commented veronica that like taylor swift could sing that song yeah that that was sort of f- it would fit in with modern day pop. You just and, proved
3: my point. No, I'm,
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not arguing your, I'm not arguing your point. I think a lot of modern day stuff is inspired by 80s, 70s stuff. But um I
0: mean there was a concert we found a YouTube video where there's a Taylor Swift concert and McDagger came out.
1: No, yeah. Mm-hmm. She was she was singing with McDagger yeah. on a song. Yeah. But no like like you said Derek, they there's they are super fun songs. Um you you mentioned um get close which the thing i love about that there was there's a sax solo on it Mm. and that that to me feels very much of a time that's very like like sticky fingers era stones uh where bobby keys would always like in the 70s bobby keys would always you know playing the sax on something uh he's not on this he's sadly passed away but um the guy that got playing the sax was great and i I love that. i mean because if you're trying to do a contemporary album your first thought isn't get a sax in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, right. To me, that doesn't feel like contemporary rock and roll, but I love the second album on the track, on the second track on the album and you've got a, a sax solo on it.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and Elton John played the piano on that song.
1: That's what they say, but I can't hear a piano.
2: He's, he's in the, <laughs> it's in the liner notes. I believe
1: you. I know it is. <laughs> well, but I know, but my ear also, cannot detect the a piano well, and I, I, I don't
2: remember hearing a piano in that one, but he also apparently played piano. <laughs> is he credited for piano?
1: Maybe he's doing hand claps or something. <laughs>
2: well he apparently was also on live by the sword
1: that one you can hear him on yeah and that's one thing too like there's several when they were announcing the record and they were like paul mccartney's gonna be on it elton john Mm -hmm. and lady gaga and stevie wonder and i was like don't do a flipping like duets album i think they did a good job on this album there's no point where it's like the stones are like and now sir elton john and step aside like (laughs) they it's, it's just like it's just fun to know that the guy playing the piano, Ian Stewart has passed away. So Ian Stewart can't do it, but Elton John is playing the piano. And I I think that it's just, it just adds to it knowing that it's him. Whereas, I mean, Mm -hmm. you could have got any session guy competent on the piano to play that part, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's just fun to know that it's Elton John.
3: Yeah. 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 And and I, I did not get read any of the press on this record. So I did not know who any of the guest stars on this record were. And, and kind of like you said that nothing is like, leading you towards like here's a solo spot by somebody you know Mm -hmm. nothing on this record sounds like that they designed it to highlight that they have a guest on the track there's one lady gaga
1: right well i was gonna say paul
3: yeah because he does
1: he does mention on the he does mention paul by name during paul's bass solo
3: oh oh, yeah Yeah, 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 give us some
1: bass but i don't i don't mind that because it's such an event to have paul mccartney on a Rolling Stones record, <laughs> and I love that it's just like the punkiest, garage rockiest song yes, on yeah. the album. Mm-hmm. And I love that it's like these eighty-year-old guys; two of them have been knighted, mm-hmm. you know. And and, and and it, you feel like somebody's gonna be like banging on the floor, like keep it down up there, you know? Because I mean, they 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 were all just kids that loved rock and roll and blues and. and mm-hmm. blues. But these, like, you know, distinguished 80-year-old knights are just rocking out like a bunch of kids in a garage. And I love it.
2: Yeah. When I was impressed with one, that Mick Jagger still sounds like Mick Jagger. He does not sound like he's aged, And there are still some songs where I have no idea what he's saying and it always reminds me of the movie (laughs) Jumpin' Jack Flash where she's like, Mick, Mick, speak English. (laughs) Sometimes it's kind of like, I have no idea what he's saying, but that's Mick Jagger. I'm not going to know what he's saying because, (laughs) (laughs) but then like the guitar playing and everything. And I'm like, y'all are old. Where are you getting the stamina to do this stuff? And it made me think of, because Matt and I went and saw Queen in concert recently and Brian May is spreading on the mm-hmm. guitar and he's a knighted he's for brian may and he's like seven, right. eight, seven years old and then the drummer he's just banging away on the drums i'm like where do you have this? i can't even make it up past 10 o'clock at night <laughs> while y'all are may, may, maybe maybe is you know yeah. extracurricular activities that help them i don't know but yeah i'm just <laughs> you No,
1: know, I, I love it i love that they're still as active as they are i mean I mean, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards could very easily. Same thing I was saying with about Mickey in a previous episode. They could very easily say, you know what, guys, we're 80. You know, if 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 they had faded off into the sunset, no one would have blamed them. Yeah. But the fact that they're 80 years old and they're like, no, like, let's do like another hit record. Remember when we used to hit records? Wouldn't it be fun to have a hit record again? And they just <laughs> brought their material and they got um the producer and they just went for it. And I, I love it. I mean, they um they did their first club gig. And I don't know how long the launch of this record and they had Lady Gaga there. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's fun to watch these videos of them just up on stage, just doing their thing at 80 years old. I mean, I'm 42 and I'd love to think that I've got, you know, another 38 years of being an active, interesting person doing Mm -hmm. like, there's a, I think we have like a societal expectation that like you turn 65 and they just. Put you on an iceberg and float you out to sea, <laughs> you know.
3: Well, I think that's been going up, uh, you know, since yeah. life expectancies have gone on. You know, right. they always yeah. you know, say like fifty is the new forty or whatever it is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so- and Elaine was talking a minute ago about how Mick Jagger's voice has held up. I've, I've, because Mickey's voice has held up as well, and I've noticed that the performers from that era who tended to have higher pitched voices naturally, they tend to their voices tended to hold up better. Okay, is what I've yeah observed
1: well i think people just age in different ways too yeah too. and that's i don't want to bag on anybody like we always comment when when a like mick jagger sounds basically the same for the last 30 years mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i mean some folks they have the the natural older voice
0: and sometimes it is, sounds better it's better yeah. yeah that's what i was yeah, gonna yeah, say yeah. i mean
1: peter torx springs to mind i think mm-hmm. peter torx got oh yeah. voice got better and better as he aged i think some of his best vocal performances were on good times
0: yeah
2: yeah
1: like Bill Mooney is that way. He's an action mm. skulls now, but he's got, he's developed like a really cool, like old guy voice that just is, <laughs> it's, it's just got such a resonance <laughs> to it. So, I mean, when we comment on someone like Mick Jagger, who has a very youthful, still sounding voice, it's not to criticize other people who don't, yeah. but people just age in different mm-hmm. ways. Yeah. It's just cool yeah. in a different way. Yeah. yeah cool. I mean, Mix, I mean, he's at 80 years old, keeping up with Lady Gaga, mm-hmm. you know, on the false shadows yeah. and stuff, which is pretty impressive. And I've heard some folks are already like making accusations of like, no, they're using AI to fix his voice. I
0: and then someone know. else replied, well,
1: he sounds that way live too. Like, well, you can do yeah. AI live now. Like, okay, well, I mean, we're not going to camp out outside a shower and hear what he sounds like. <laughs> you know, like at some point you got to just accept that. That's what he sounds like.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's, I think it's like a, Given that they probably are using auto tune,
1: there's some kind of there's yeah. it, that's a. I mean, they've been sweetening the vocals in the studio yeah. for as long as they've been recording vocals in the studio, yes. And so there's some amount of pitch correction going on, but it's not yes, auto tune yes, in yes. the sense that it sounds like a robot,
3: right? <laughs> right, right. But going back to what you were saying about, like, you know, hey, let's let's go <laughs> like have, have a hit album. You want to go have a hit album? I think one thing that my opinion, okay that you something like the stones record i don't think that they i don't think someone came along and said hey you know we want to have a big uh, like I, I don't think they went and said let's make a hit record like this is going to definitely be a hit record or try to make a hit record i think they, they they wanted to make a rolling stones record and they and they did that kind of like the difference between something like it and good times
1: Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: That like you, you can't, there's, there's something you can't force. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you, if you don't try to force it and it's not contrived, I think that's when it works. I think that's, what's great about that's, that works for Dolan sings REM. It's not contrived. It's just something they just came up with this idea and said, "Ah, whatever, if it works, it works. We'll do whatever we want to do. And I think this, this record with the stones sounds like they just said, We'll do whatever we want to do. It's not not like so they sat around and planned and said. I mean, they did plan to put people on it, like Lady Gaga and Paul McCartney right. and, Me, and that helps. Done. But
1: it's not hip hop. It's not dubstep. It's not like yeah, they're yeah, trying yeah, to like yeah. follow the trends. They're very much yeah. doing what the Stones did and what worked for them. And I yeah. think that that's great. And there's there's a lot. Now you mentioned Good Times. I think there's a lot of similarities between the execution of this record and with mm-hmm. Good Times. Mm-hmm. In both cases, I think the albums sound like they're recorded today, but that they're trying to harken back to the, the type of music mm-hmm. that we love from the old yeah. records and what worked yeah, about right. those old records. And I think right. both albums are very well sequenced. Mm-hmm. Um, like this mm-hmm. album, I mean, I you guys may have streamed it, but on the, the record, it goes up to the song uh, dreamy skies, which is sort of the, mm-hmm. where it slows down the little country number. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. it comes back on side two with mess it up. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Which, okay. okay.
2: That makes sense.
1: It's just sequenced really well. I wanted to comment about Dreamy Skies because I think the Stones have always done a really good job with country, and I think that that's mm-hmm. a, a really effective use of it in this in this album.
3: Yeah, yeah, That And uh, driving me too
1: hard. Mm-hmm.
3: Also, you know, they, they they you get that like like I said at the beginning of the variety of sounds
1: of the Stones in this record. Right. Yeah. I like that. But sometimes you (laughs) listen to a record and it sounds like you listen to the same song 13 times in a row. Yeah. Yeah. And up to and including, and I alluded to it before, that like Sweet Sounds of Heaven is sort of the big finale of this record. But then they follow it with the closing, which is just Mick and Keith. Uh, I think the song was recorded on analog tape with like Keith's got a 1930s guitar and Mick's got his harmonica and just doing a cover of Rolling Stone Blues, uh, which is the song that, it's the Muddy Waters song that the the Stones' name came from. Uh, But in all the years they were doing you know blues covers that's basically how the stone started was they were doing a lot of mm-hmm. blues covers they never covered rolling stone Blues. so i I love <laughs> that it's just a like a it's a throwback to their origins but also i love that it's just the two of them and they're just covering this song and it's just i think it's just a sweet ending to the record
3: yeah it comes brings everything full circle
1: yeah mm-hmm. and then you know if this ended up being their last album then that's a, a good finale yeah but they've said they they had like 20 something songs that they were working on. Oh, and good. so they've got enough, I think, to have a second LP if they want to continue on. I would love it if they did. Like when the monkeys made good times, I thought, oh man, they found the formula. They can just crank them out now. And <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't. That's not what the monkeys no. do. If something works for the monkeys, they didn't ever do it again. <laughs> yeah, <that's> true. <laughs> but the stones, I'm hoping that the lives to do a follow-up and we could have another stones record next year. I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, But yeah, I mean, this has just been a a special time in music, especially for people like me who love the music of the 60s. Um, There's just been so much of it and uh, with such high quality stuff that's been coming out and it's just been a lot of fun. Thank you guys for joining us to do a a special bonus episode about it. And hopefully the folks that are listening to this will not be mad that we're not talking about the monkeys this week. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we talked a little bit about the monkeys. We do. We do. (laughs) The monkeys always work their way into the conversation, yes. but you but, know, yes. folks dig it. Maybe we could do uh, additional bonus episodes down the line about other things that are going on, because like I said, we always try to include in our shows folks that are keeping that sort of 60 spirit alive in current music, but also that the artists of the 60s. There's been a bunch of them this year, the zombies, Graham Nash, Felix Calabieri. There's been several really good. 60s artists albums that have come out this year. Yeah, I'd I love to do this again. I know we're all going to see the, the Fab Four show next month. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could do one about that if if people are into it because I, I love being able to talk about other stuff surrounding the monkeys.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, Derek, we, where can people find more of you on the internet?
1: My
3: occasional videos uh, on YouTube at Cutout Bin and uh, our mixing links, the Monkeys on Disc on Facebook. And if you want to order the... Headquarters mixography booklet. It's back in print and you can order one from the link at mixinglinksbook.com.
0: All right. How about you, Elaine? You
2: can find me on Facebook at Monkeying Around, on Twitter at Monkeying Around. We're also on Instagram, Monkeying Around. Email monkeyingaroundpodcastgmail.com. And you can also find me on Facebook at Elaine and
0: Matt Watch TV. Awesome. How about us, Chuck? If you're in the Atlanta area, you can come
1: see us at the Simple Variety Show uh, on December the 9th at the Red Light Cafe. It's a variety show with burlesque, drag, and we're bringing the puppets. Uh, it's a good time. It's <laughs> it's the show's. I think it starts at nine o'clock. It's just a it's just a really fun show that we do. Um, but yeah, we'll be there and we'll be having a good time doing it. Very adult audience, so yes. don't come. It's not a family friendly puppet show. No. It's uh puppets and people get naked kind of puppet show.
0: Yes. <laughs> And maybe the puppets, too. Yes.
1: Uh, And what else? Earth Station Trek, our podcast about Star Trek, where we go live on Thursday evenings talking about the latest Star Trek. Or between Star Trek shows, we'll be talking about legacy Star Trek topics. So join us at Earth Station Trek on YouTube or on Facebook or on your favorite podcast platform.
0: All right. Thanks for monkeying around. Thanks for monkeying around with us. Be sure to like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook and monkeyingaround.com.
1: Can you, without giving away any trade secrets, tell us anything about the numbers that you're engaged on at the moment for this, this uh, new album that you're working on? Oh, uh, We've done about nine or ten. And there's a couple of strange ones, a couple of happy-go-lucky Northern songs. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple of... couple of whimsical, you know, folk, medieval guitar. folk rock. Mm. Mm, have you, have you this time um, augmented again, used use any yeah. strange lineups at all?
2: Yeah, we've, well, we've used sort of things that aren't uh, us, you know, mm-hmm. quite a bit. Cause we used uh, the monkeys on a few of the <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. But they wouldn't go along with the TV series uh, that we had yeah. planned for them. Yeah.
0: This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping at the Tea Public Store